Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Spreading the Word. I'm your host, Paul DeSanti, and today we're concluding our series called I Can't Believe. Today's episode is uh, subtitled, I Can't Believe I Keep Falling Into the Same Traps. Sometimes as Christians, we find ourselves in a cycle of sin that repeats itself, and it, it usually goes something a little like this. We'll sin, we'll feel bad about our sin, we'll repent and we'll ask for forgiveness, and then we'll feel reinvigorated by God's mercy that he's shown us, and then we'll get complacent, and then we'll fall into the same traps all over again. Well, how do we break out of that cycle? What tools, what advice does scripture give us to break out of that cycle? And we look in the the book of Matthew today, and we look at the example of the, the centurion who recognizes authority. And that's a, a key fact that uh, allows him to have his servant healed by faith. And so we'll look at ways to apply that in our lives to break out of this cycle of sin. So without any further ado, we'll jump right into the message. Good morning, church. So today to conclude our series called I Can't Believe, I wanted to talk about a little bit of a pastime I enjoy getting into, and that's video games. Uh, If you don't know me, I like a good video game. So uh, one new mechanism in video games recently is that you have this quick save feature. And at any point in time in the game, you can just hit quick save uh, and then go and you know fight the boss or do the challenge or do whatever. And if you're not successful, just reload from the last save point. Uh, back in the day, that didn't used to be the case. You can't just save right before you have to make a series of moves or jumps to get to a certain place or before you fight a big boss. That's just not something that you used to be able to do. Uh, but this isn't a universal tactic in video game development these days. And uh, I, I recently was playing one game and the last save point uh, before you get to the final boss is like way, way, way long before you get to the boss level. And so I ended up having to replay this level like 15 times. It was so challenging and it was just, it was so difficult because I kept falling and and dying at the same point in the video game and I had to redo it again and again and again and again and only after 15 times did I finally succeed at it. Um, A different style of video game is to to emulate it. I've got a Raspberry Pi and I do some video game emulating on there. And again, you you could replay any game and just save instantly. But we know that life isn't like that. You don't get quick saves in life. You don't get to redo a conversation with a loved one or a boss or, or a friend after you screw something up and something you say. Life just isn't like that. You don't get redos. You don't get to quick save. Well, I want to use that as a thought to, to jump into how we fall into the same traps again and again and again. Uh, I want to also share from Matthew today. We're going to be jumping around a little bit in the book of Matthew, but we're going to start off in Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 31. This is 
right before Jesus predicts that Peter is going to deny him three times while Jesus is before the Sanhedrin. And Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, This very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all other disciples said the same. Later on in verse 69, Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway, where another girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them, for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself and swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter knew in his head beforehand that disowning the Lord was a despicable thing to do. He said he would die for Jesus. He knew that he would never want to do that. He knew that he would never want to disown his Lord and, and, and master and friend. He even boasted about his willingness to die for Christ. How often does our own personal struggle with sin parallel what happened to Peter here? How does it seem like maybe we know going into a situation that we don't want to engage in some despicable thing or that we don't want our sin, but that we would rather serve Christ? Why does sin seem to have such a tenuous grip on us? My sin cycle seems to go something like this. I'll give in to my sin and ignore the fact that I've done that for a little bit. Then eventually I'll come to my senses and regret how stupid and selfish and useless my sinning was. Then I'll feel awful about the hurt that I've caused to others and that I've separated myself from God. I'll, I'll, I'll go to God in, in a humble desire to, to repent and seeking forgiveness. I'll feel strengthened never to commit that sin again because of God's mercy and overwhelming love for me. I'll be reinvigorated, but then I'll grow complacent. And then again, I'll, I'll fall into the, the same trap of sin and lather, rinse, repeat, that sort of thing. Like it, it seems to, to continue happening. Can anyone else relate to that sort of cycle? Why is it that we keep falling into that same pattern of sinful behavior? Don't we learn from our past failures? Don't we grow out of the mistakes we've made? 
Not only does this cycle make us feel like we are going in circles, but sometimes it causes us to feel like we don't even deserve forgiveness. Sometimes our sinfulness seems so pervasive in our life that our sin seems insurmountable. Almost like we don't have enough righteousness of our own accord to merit a loving, forgiving relationship with God. And that is exactly why we need to reflect on why Christ came to the earth. We'll jump a little earlier in Matthew to chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Jesus stepped onto a boat and crossed over and came to his own town. Some men brought him a paralytic lying on a mat. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, Get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man got up and went home. And when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God who had given such authority to men. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but it is the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus demonstrates here that his authority is from God. His authority is given from God. Who else would have authority to forgive sins? The Pharisees thought that his forgiving of sins of this paralytic man was absolute blasphemy. But then, to demonstrate how much authority has been given to him on earth, Jesus goes and he heals the man. He's further demonstrating that the power of God is with him, and thus his authority is with him. Our sin and the vicious cycle we fall into doesn't make us unworthy of hearing God's calling us. And our worthiness is not a measure of how much God loves us. I'll say that again. Our worthiness of forgiveness is not a measure of how much God loves us. If that were the case, we'd never be entitled to any love or any forgiveness. We are not worthy of forgiveness. That much is clear. But because our worthiness is not a measure of how much God loves us, we can have hope in forgiveness. God reached out to us when we were still sinners, in the midst of our sins, in depravity, in all kinds of terrible situations, rebelling against him, and God reached out to us. He is seeking us despite how stiff-necked and rebellious we are, and he is seeking a response of faith from us. Just back in the last chapter, in chapter 8, Jesus encountered a centurion. Verse 5, 
When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown aside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Two really important things come out of this passage here. The centurion is demonstrating faith in Jesus. Jesus had been teaching and performing miracles all over. This was not lost on the centurion. He had heard the stories. He maybe had even seen some of the healings and, and, and signs that Jesus was doing. Others saw it as blasphemy, but the centurion acknowledges that Jesus clearly has godly authority behind him, and he recognizes it. The second thing is that the centurion knows authority when he sees it. This is a man who has taken orders his entire life. This is a man who has given orders, and he knows what authority looks like. Because of this, Jesus sends him on his way, acknowledging that he's been faithful and, and doing what he had asked of him. Does our response to God demonstrate the level of faith that the centurion had in Jesus? Does our response to God demonstrate an acknowledgement and recognition of authority when we see it? Think about what the centurion did. He had faith in Jesus and he, he knew and recognized the authority that he had. Does our life represent the same faith and acknowledgement of authority? I think if we're honest with ourselves, our response to a God that continues to love us and forgive us, despite our many failings, if, if that's what we did, we should trust that God will continue to love us. We should further trust that God's desire for us is to live a life free of sin. And then we would respond to the command to repent of our sins in the way the soldier would carry out an order from his commanding officer. There's no inner dispute about it that, that makes you vacillate as to whether or not that's actually what you should be doing in your life. You see, this, this cycle of sin must be broken in order for us to demonstrate a mature faith in God. We can sit there and be lazy, hoping that a merciful God will keep on forgiving us, but what fruit will that produce for his kingdom? We've been called out of the darkness and wretchedness of our sin and into the light so that we can teach others. Brothers and sisters, we keep falling into sin. I have these struggles myself. And despite knowing it's wrong and that 
this is something we don't want. We keep struggling with it. There are no quick saves in our lives that allow us to undo the sin that we just engaged in. There's no mulligan. There's no redo. There's no undo button. We have to acknowledge that we are sinful. But the feeling of unworthiness that can happen in a cycle of sin can further separate us from God and lead us further into our self-destructive sin cycle. We have to break that cycle. By God's grace, we will break that cycle. And it starts by identifying the cycle that we're in, identifying where along that circular path of sin we're in. Reflect on how faithful God is to you. Reflect on faithfulness in the same way the centurion was faithful to Jesus. Reflect on the authority. Who else has authority to forgive sins and control nature and raise people from the dead? The centurion recognized that. We need to recognize God's authority as well. As king of our lives, God is our leader, our king, our our military commander, and we need to demonstrate absolute obedience to his commands, chief of which involves repentance. In this series, we talked about, I can't believe that God is more important. We struggled with placing God before our own selfish desires and our own interests, be it innocuous or sinful. Then we went on to talk about, I can't believe that this is happening. How we would go through all these deepening trials that would seem to get worse before they'd get better. And that God actually produces maturity and righteousness in us through trial. And now as we focus on, I can't believe I keep falling into the same traps, we need to respond in faith and obedience to the commands that God has given us. If you love me, keep my commands. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And there you have it. The cycle of sin that we can find ourselves in can be a brutal one and a destructive one and if we don't find a way out of it our faith and our souls are at risk so my prayer is that we can all find encouragement to seek ways out of the sin cycle now in the message i didn't get into things like accountability partners or other tools or resources that we can employ to help us with some of these struggles. If you are facing something and are continually struggling against it, but you want to be rid of it, feel free to reach out. We'd love to put you in touch with people who can study with you, who can um, be a listening ear, or even someone to help you be accountable for some of the things you're struggling with. If you're not in the church and you're hearing this and you're wondering why even bother, um, I guess I would encourage you to, to think of of the hope and freedom that comes in knowing that the the mistakes we make in this life, although pretty bad and devastating at times, don't have to be on our shoulders eternally. We can be forgiven if 
or the wrongs we've made in this world, even if other people in this world aren't willing to extend you the forgiveness that you're seeking. So again, if this is something that has been helpful to you in your walk, I'd encourage you to share it with others. Let me know if there's anything else you're interested in exploring. Uh, We'd love to connect you with a, a church locally here in Kitchener, or if you're further afield than Kitchener, Ontario, feel free to reach out. We have a lot of friends in the church that we can connect you with. And again, the goal is just to to share the message of hope that I have in eternal life with God in heaven. Thank you once again for dropping by. God bless.